In today's episode, we'll talk about social media, the good, the bad, and the great opportunity. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Let's Tech About Learning podcast. This is your host, Jennifer Schaefer. Stay tuned for some great learning tips, best practices, and awesome tech tools. Hey friends, let's talk about um, some interesting changes in society. I've been reading the book Socialnomics by Eric Qualman, and it's not a brand new book. It's been out a few years. And he really talks a lot about how social media has changed the way our economy works. Uh, He gives examples about how bloggers are poised to be better reporters of current events than traditional media. He talks about the power that social media has on what we purchase and personally I completely get that because I buy stuff off Instagram ads and Facebook ads all the time Um, and he talks about how the the fact that so much of what you do online stupid stuff can last forever that we are making more conscious decisions not to post things online and not to do stupid stuff that can be recorded. Um, Great book to really make you think. Now one of the things that he discusses is that nearly two-thirds of mobile device use, so cell phones, tablet, etc., is being used for watching videos. And if you really think about how that would change commercials and advertising so traditionally companies would buy these expensive commercials and run them on television that would show up between episodes Um, maybe they break into a 30-minute show twice so you have commercials before it um, a commercial break about 10 minutes in about 20 minutes in and then at the end so that's four opportunities for you to see commercials from these companies Well, if most of your viewing of media is now on a smart device, that probably means that you're streaming from Hulu, from Netflix, from Amazon, from any number of streaming providers. And what does not come with streaming providers typically? Commercials. And even if it is a commercial, it's not going to be of a local product or a local event. It's going to be a national product. It may not actually be anything that's available in your area it may be available in the area where the the feed is coming from so that's really changed the way businesses advertise themselves and in a similar vein this has changed the way that students need to be preparing for their future and finding jobs no longer is it efficient to get the newspaper every day and look through the want ads and circle them with red pins and start calling the places you're interested in. In fact, many places, even fast food retail, where students would likely be getting their first jobs, a lot of those places don't even have print applications anymore. Their application process is online and you access it through their website. And as you apply for college, and you then apply for their, your first professional job after college, your online presence and your social media becomes so incredibly important. Now, if you listen to the last episode about George Kuros, George has an amazing slide in his 
keynote presentation where he talks about the importance of students leaving high school with three things. One of those is a professional social media account. The second one is an online portfolio. And the third one is an about.me page. Because in reality, your success as an adult, whether it's college, whether it's going straight into the workforce, is going to depend on your online presence. You are going to have to brand yourself and advertise for yourself in a whole new way. And I think that is one of the things that the messages that we give teenagers when they're looking at their future. I just did a session recently at our high school about your digital footprint. And we scare them with telling them that they could lose their job or here are all these examples of people that lost their scholarship because they misused social media. But what we probably should be doing instead of scaring them is teaching them how to use and leverage social media for their their future endeavors, whether that's college or whether that's in a career. So many entrepreneurs are growing on social media and becoming multimillionaires just because they know how to work social media and create communities and create tribes of people with similar interests. Um, one of the people that I love to uh, follow is Rachel Hollis. And it made news in a few months ago when her husband, Dave Hollis, quit his job um, as an executive with the Disney company to become the CEO of her company, a company that she, without a college education, um, prides herself on having built with a Google search bar and a high school diploma. And she has built this multi-million dollar media company just with harnessing the power of social media. She started on a blog and now she is everywhere, writing books, hosting conventions, speaking all over the place, very successful. The classic story is Justin Bieber being discovered and offered a recording contract off YouTube. So we've really got to think about how the internet can become a positive, amazing place for our students to showcase themselves and their work that can help them with those goals. So if we're going to look at the good, the bad, and the opportunity with social media, let's start with the good. I love social media, especially Twitter, because it is an amazing personal learning network, or PLN for educators. It allows me to connect to experts in ed tech. It, it, it allows me to have conversations with other librarians and other teachers and other digital learning coordinators who may have had similar experiences that as me it allows me to share the amazing things that are happening in my district that my kids are doing um, and it's just a great connector of folks together now I personally use social media in a couple of different ways I have a professional network which Twitter is my professional only network and then I use Facebook and sometimes Instagram to connect with people in my personal life. As an educator of I guess 20 years now, geez that's a long time, um, I love Facebook because I can connect with former students. I am have always been a high school teacher 
I'm now working at a district level, but I have students from the first year that I taught who are friends with me on Facebook. And so I get to see when they've gone to college and getting their first jobs and getting engaged and getting married and having children. So I get to experience that vicariously through Facebook um, in a way that we would never have been able to do before the connection of technology and social media. Uh, I love to follow entrepreneurs and uh, big thinkers when it comes to personal growth. I do that especially on Instagram and the addition of Instagram stories lets people kind of tell their story uh, in a way that is unique and allows users to really follow and understand um, what's happening and use it to promote their personal brand. Um, I had the great opportunity of being a part of the Google for Education Innovator Academy in Toronto in October of 2016. So many of the members of that group I follow now on Instagram and Facebook, um, and we can keep up with each other's lives, but also can share relevant resources that we find in education that we will all use um, as parts of our job. So I think that really the, creating the connection and the ability to share is the good in social media. Now, I don't know how I would find the amount of cutting edge and relevant information that's out there in ed tech if it wasn't for Twitter. I am, I post some, but I'm a really good stalker of Twitter and I'm a retweeter a lot because I'll see amazing things that other people have shared and I just can't wait to share them with the people that follow me. Um, one of the things I like to use with in conjunction with my Twitter account is TweetDeck and TweetDeck allows you to follow multiple hashtags at the same time. So it's a great tool if you are moderating a Twitter chat but it's also a great tool to just keep up with what's happening in all different areas based on the specific hashtag that you're following. Speaking of Twitter chats, those are also really fun. And no one says you have to talk to people on Twitter that are in your own district or in your own state or in your own country for that matter. You can easily have a conversation on Twitter and you quickly realize when you join one of those that it doesn't matter where in the world you are, there are a lot of commonalities with challenges and opportunities in education, regardless of where your hometown and your home turf is. So by far the good in social media for me is that connection to other people and that ability to learn from other people and to be able to follow people's stories um, as they continue through this journey they call life. So I guess that leads us into the bad. Um, I think that one of the bad things about social media is the kind of media coverage that it gets 
all of the bad stuff seems to end up on the on the news and it creates a great deal of fear. Um, I have worked with teachers and other educators in the past that are afraid to connect with people on social media because of the things they see in the news. The stories about the young girls that are groomed by men and kidnapped. Uh, the stories of cyberbullying that gets so severe that the victim will commit suicide. Uh, the idea that you post the wrong thing and you lose your job. And I think that the news is reporting facts, yes, but I think those are isolated situations. And, and I think that the good in social media definitely outweighs the bad experiences that a small number of people have. Not that I'm making it sound like those weren't significant in their lives. I just don't think that that is as large of an experience as the media makes it out to be. Every day, most of us get into a car and drive to work, to school, to wherever we need to be. And the media reports on car accidents where people are hurt and killed all the time. But we don't let the fear of that possible car accident stand in our way of getting in the car and going someplace. And I feel like with social media, we have to do the same. We can't let the fear of something that could possibly happen stand in the way of us using this tool for amazing purposes. I think that we need to do a better job of training our students and, and our personal children about how powerful the social media realm can be what power there is in leveraging it instead of scaring them. Um, I was reading a book by Dana Boyd called It's Complicated, The Connected Social Life of Teens or something to that effect. Um, and she talks about the difference between adults and teen users of social media. That as adults, we see it as a networking opportunity, a way to connect to other people and learn from folks where students see social media as a extension of their personal life. So a conversation that may have started face-to-face -face at school or at a football game or at practice continues when they get at home on social media. Uh, there's a lot of fear in parents to let their kids roam wild and free like we did when we were young. You know, I remember getting on a bicycle and riding around the neighborhood until dark and had to be home. But because of our change in societies, some people aren't as comfortable with that anymore. And so don't allow their students or their, t their kids to leave home um, and experience a social life like that. And social media has kind of filled that gap in that it gives students the access to their friends when they're not at school. Now, that's great in some respects, and that's not so great in other respects. If you were in a bullying situation at school, when I was younger and there was no social media, that wasn't a burden when you got home. Nobody was specifically targeting you when you were at home. You got that break from the stress of that and it could have been dealt with in a different manner than now when there is a cyberbullying experience and you get home and still have to deal with it because it shows up on Facebook or shows up on Snapchat, etc. Now there are there are students using social media in very negative ways. But I think the power of social media kind of overruns that in that it has so many opportunities, which we'll talk about next, to really 
make students' lives better. So I, I encourage you to kind of push yourself outside of the bubble, get rid of the fear, and take put your little toe in the water and try social media if you haven't. If you're concerned about your student or your your children's safety, do a lot of training and modeling for them. I don't think we do enough of that in school. Um, in fact, I heard Gail Dickinson, who is a library professor, talk a number of years ago about how poorly we teach uh, digital citizenship in schools. And she made this analogy. If we taught driver's ed like we teach digital citizenship and the use of internet at school, it would look like this. We would take our students in the in the driving car and we would drive in circles around the parking lot and ever so often we would stop and we would point to the freeway and say okay when you get out there on the freeway you do this this and this but I can't take you there because it's not safe so we're going to continue to drive around in the parking lot and that's what we do in schools we block things that we don't want students to have access to we keep them from getting to the places we don't want them to be but we never take the time to actually teach them how to behave when they get out there. We do those great lessons on don't cyberbully and report, but we never walk them through the process um, in a way where we're holding their hand and transitioning them into responsibility, that release of responsibility into them being 100% um, in control of what they do online. So I really think we should think about how we can train students and how we can help them to better transition to good use of social media. Um, but we have to get over our fear first so that we're not a stumbling block for our ability to teach them how to use social media to positively impact themselves and their future. So the last part of social media I want to talk about is the opportunities that it brings. So many organizations are using social media as a way to enter contest, to share and celebrate great things. Um, it's a great way to market yourself and your skills if you have a side hustle or a business or as a soon graduate of high school or college looking for a job. It's a great way to market your skills. And so the opportunities to connect and to really put yourself out there and self-market and self-brand, I think is a really powerful, powerful tool. Um, the ability to meet people that are like you and that are experts in their fields is amazing. You know, it's not uncommon to in the news hear a story about a person tweeting about a book that they're reading and have the author respond to them or uh, to jump into a conversation with a celebrity. I, I think the opportunity that social media creates is a level playing field between all different types of populations of people that allow them to have those conversations that in the past were very stuck in our own little click of people and groups. Social media does a great job of showing us things we may not have found on our own. For instance, I am at my current job because LinkedIn sent me an email 
based on my resume and a search I had done several years ago. I, I would never have come across the job opportunity if it hadn't been for LinkedIn doing their a logarithm and search in the background, comparing it to my account and my resume that I have on my site and sending me that email saying, hey, you might want to look into this. This looks like it's up your alley. So the fact that a computer program, a social media site can bring that kind of information to me has been incredibly powerful for me personally. Uh, it also makes your experience online incredibly personalized and customized. When you do Facebook and the ads come to you are based on the things you've searched or the things you like or comments that you've made. I know some people think that that's creepy, that that's scary, the big brother is watching you, but frankly, it's really nice to be able to get rid of all that extra stuff uh, and filter through down to things that I would want. Professionally, the opportunity to celebrate with your students and the opportunity to really get in and be a part of a community and build that community, I think is huge. I am so excited to get on Twitter and see my superintendent. He's new to us, very active on Twitter, He's always sharing things that's happening in our district. He's always making connections to people. In fact, um, it's not uncommon to see him tweet pictures of selfies with him and the sports team or from the front lines of a, an athletic event where he is celebrating the accomplishments of our students. Um, in fact, one of the student, one of the teachers at our in-service, he went up to her and introduced himself and said, hey, I know you from Twitter. You look just like your picture. So he was already building those relationships with the teachers on the campus by watching what they shared on Twitter and seeing the amazing things happening in their classrooms. And so those opportunities to really break down the barriers in those classrooms and allow teachers to connect, parents to connect, students to connect, administrators to connect and really make it a family community feel to a, a school I think is one of the most amazing pieces to social media and the reason that I personally will continue to use Twitter um, to grow as a educator and a human being. So as I mentioned before, I have recently done a presentation to our high school students about social media and the importance of building a positive digital footprint. And doing that presentation, I did some research and I want to share that with you. Uh, this, the source for this information is yougov.com, which is a polling a survey a organization that works with big companies. So this... Um, is really telling when it talks about how much recruiters are using social media and the things that they're looking for and not looking for when they're looking for different candidates. So think about this as probably corporate recruiting after college, but it's important for our high school students to know this so that if they go straight into the workforce after high school or if they are working on building that online presence when they graduate from college, they'll be better prepared and prepped for these kinds of jobs. So the first interesting statistic is that 93% of recruiters are using social media 
to help them in their recruiting efforts. That means they are posting job sites. Um, when they have openings on a job site, they're posting it on social media. They're trolling social media to vet and find candidates. And 70% of 18 to 34 year olds that were polled have found their most recent job through social media. So that's an interesting statistic. No longer are, do we need to have students using old school ways of finding jobs, social media seems to be taking over in that venue as well. Now, when it comes to going online, to recruiters are looking at certain platforms more than others. The top platform, 48%, said that they looked at LinkedIn. Now, LinkedIn is seen as a professional networking site for business professionals, and most companies are looking at, uh, most users are, are kind of already established in their careers or post-college. However, when I asked the students at the presentation I was giving, I gave this presentation six times and not a single student all day long even knew what LinkedIn was. Uh, and LinkedIn has recently changed their age of user to 13 so that students can start to build that online portfolio, that online networking. Um, and clearly, if recruiters, almost half of them are using LinkedIn as the social media that they're using to fill jobs, it's definitely something we should introduce our students to when they're in high school. Now, the next group, 46%, said they've used Facebook. Uh, Facebook and, you know, has kind of fallen out of popularity with students because their parents showed up on Facebook, but it's still a major recruiting area for businesses. So even if our students aren't using it as their personal way to communicate with their friends, they may be need to have an account if they're looking at building an online reputation to get that job after college or after high school. Now the third one, 28% was Twitter, and that doesn't surprise me at all. Um, I actually think that Twitter might be a little higher uh, than that, but Twitter has become in some areas and some um, fields the best place to build your PLN and do that networking. Now the last bit of information from the survey that I want to share with you, one in five employers say that they have rejected a candidate after looking at their social media. And there, here are some specific things that they looked for. 75% uh, said that the reason they rejected a candidate was for aggressive or offensive language. So that could be any number of things. That could be threats, that could be um, any racial slurs, that could be profanity. And how many of our students in middle school and high school are really mature enough to filter the things that they say? And when they think of social media as just an extension of their face-to-face existence and face-to-face -face relationships, sometimes they post something without really understanding the ramifications. So I think that's an important lesson we need to help students to learn. 71% said references to drug use. Um, I I'm surprised that people, that people looking for jobs and college students and high school students would post references to drug use online, and they may do it just kind of thinking it's funny or as a joke. But when 71% of the candidates were rejected for that, or this 71% of the, um, the employers said that this is what they saw, that makes me a little bit nervous. Um, the next category, 56%, is for bad spelling or grammar. 
this is a wonderful, relevant application to learning how to spell and write complete sentences. Um, I think this is, is really important that we stress to kids anyway. I, I remember, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, and educators were really upset about students putting texting language and uh, emojis and whatnot in their writing that they turned in at school. Well, this is in a similar vein. We, we need to teach them that it is appropriate to use texting language when you're talking with your friends. It is appropriate to use real formal grammar and spelling when you're posting things online, especially if this online platform is going to be where they're vetted for future jobs. I read a story recently, uh, which just made me chuckle, of a teacher who had pulled tweets off Twitter that had been um, posted by professional athletes that had spelling or grammar errors and were using it with her elementary students to correct them. Um, a great example of how what you put online can be found by anyone um, and a practical use of those DOL or daily oral language skills that we used to do um, many moons ago when I was in the classroom. 47% said it was for drunken photos. Um, uh, that one I don't even know what to say, why people would still post pictures of themselves drunk or they post pictures of someone else and then that person gets tagged. Um, that's almost half of the reasons why a candidate is rejected. 29% is for political views. Right now our country is so divided um, and most people have very strong political views and when they post them on social media, you don't know who you're alienating, whether that's somebody who disagrees with you, somebody that agrees with you. You don't know what the political uh, views of the recruiter are, of the company that you're trying to get a job at. Um, so staying away from posting anything political is probably a good idea. 29% said they rejected a candidate for vanity. So their posts were all about selfies or all about themselves. Um, and that kind of shows that maybe they're self-centered and not going to be a team player, which would be important in a lot of corporate, um, corporate environments. 26% um, said general oversharing, so just m too much stuff. Uh, maybe they don't have a life other than social media, and that would concern a future employer. And then the last 10% was just other reasons. And I think this is important because these are things that we can work with our students to try to avoid. Obviously, we need to talk to them about aggressive and offensive language for sure. Drunken photos seem to be, for me, a um, just like a, a common sense thing, but things like watching your grammar and your spelling, things like putting too, much, too many selfies and too much stuff about yourself, those are things we can coach students in to get them better representation when it comes to their online presence, which is gonna be important in the future. And now, um, educator Chris Betcher has a quote that I've seen a number of times, and it goes something like this, that in the future, your social media or your online presence is going to be more important than your resume. And I would argue that the future is now, that we are already in a position where what you have online is more important than that one-page document you send in with your application. 
So if you want to learn more, I have some recommendations for you. Um, I've mentioned a couple of books so far in the podcast that I would definitely recommend that you read. The first one is Socialnomics by Eric Quellman, and he has a TEDx talk on uh, YouTube that you can watch. Lots of information out there about his work and specifically how social media and the internet has changed the business world and the way corporates um, models have had to shift because of the change in how we get media. Another book that you should be interested in is It's Complicated, The Social Life of Connected Teens by Dana Boyd. It's a nearly 10-year study of students from all over the United States and how social media has changed, uh, how they interact, and how they are um, in relationships, etc. The third book that I'm super interested in, and as an educator, this is a great tool, um, is called Social Media by Jennifer Casa Todd. It's been out about a year, and it's it's practical ex- ideas on how you can take social media and use it in your class to be a better model and leader when it comes to teaching students how to use it, um, especially thinking to the future and where their goals will be uh, once they leave us in public education. So I highly recommend reading those three books and they will blow your mind when it comes to pieces of social media and their impact on students that you would never have thought of. So I want to leave you with a quote from Eric Qualman, and it is, we don't have a choice on whether we do social media. The question is how well we do it. So I want to challenge you to get online, to join Twitter, to build your PLN, and expose your kids to positive online social media experiences. Thanks for listening. Catch us next time on the Let's Tech About Learning podcast. Find this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. Plus, visit our website at letstechaboutlearning.com. Until next time.